Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Listen to your community spirit every Friday morning from 10 to 10.30. You are listening to your community spirit this is ord energy mon and today is friday march 28th the 80th the 88th that's right the 88th day of 2008 there are 278 days left in the year today's highlight in history on march 28th 1979 america's worst commercial nuclear accident occurred inside the Unit 2 reactor at the Three Mile Island plant near Middletown, Pennsylvania. Yep, the Three Mile Island nuclear disaster was today in 1979. Can you believe it? It was that long ago, and we still remember it vividly. And then, today in history, five years ago, America-led forces in Iraq dropped 1,000-pound bombs on Republican Guard units guarding the gates to Baghdad, and battled for control of the strategic city of Najere. President Bush warned of, quote, further sacrifice ahead in the face of unexpectedly fierce fighting. And then Japan, on this day, five years ago, launched its first spy satellites to monitor communist neighbor North Korea's missile development and suspected nuclear weapons programs. So... This day was kind of good in history, huh? There's a lot of crazy stuff happening. So, what do you think of the weather? Yep. Climate change is basically the weather going schizo. <laughs> That's my new tagline. We bring you news about the weather going schizo. So, happenings. Let's start with today. Big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC, 7 p.m. every Friday. Today, Friday, March 28th, the film is The Waterfront. The Waterfront is a story of an American city in crisis, but it's not just about water privatization. The story touches on the very essence of our democratic system and is an, is an unnerving indication of what is in store for residents around the world facing their own water struggles. I've said this before, I'll say it again. Did you know that St. Louis's water company is actually owned by a German company called Schott? Yep. So, photos of birding safari in northern Tanzania. John and Martha will present pictures from their trip to northern Tanzania, Africa, on Friday, March 28th, at 7:30 p.m. at the Carbondale Township Hall located at 217 East Main Street. The event is part of an ongoing efforts of the Shawnee, Illinois, the Southern Illinois Audubon Society. There's a lot of really good pictures, which 
Did you know how beautiful Tanzania is? Anyway, John is a nature cons conservationist who retired from the Department of Natural Resources where he developed a natural area program and later headed Native Plant Conservation Program. Anyway, interested residents should use the back entrance to City Hall, um, to the Township Hall. For more information, you can call the Southern Illinois Audubon Society at 684-6605 or go online to siaudubon.org. So, let's see. Did you guys remember to send me happenings? I know there's a lot of stuff happening this weekend, but I really don't want to know about it because I'm going to be gone. <laughs> but I want people to go in my place. Saturday, March 29th, you realize that this is the last weekend of March, so you better get your march in. The African American Museum of Southern Illinois presents A Circle of Friends, A Circle of Love. A dramatic presentation about the widows of Medgar Evers, Malcolm X, and Martin Luther King Jr. This is uh, free and open to the public at the African American Museum inside the University Mall. This is Saturday, March 29th at 5 p.m. Also on Saturday, I try to do these things in chronological order, but as usual, I get mixed up Saturday March 29th cake walk benefit for the women's center at the neighborhood co-op grocery cake donations are being taken from noon till 3 p.m. and the cake walk begins at 3 p.m. for more information you can contact the neighborhood co-op grocery at 529-3533 or online at neighborhood.coop or you can just go there. It's at 1815 West Main Street. And basically, have you ever did musical chairs? Well, you get a chance. You give yourself, give them a dollar, and you get to walk around, and then someone wins a cake when the music stops, right? Hey. So, this just in. Saturday, March 29th at 8 p.m. local time, you can join millions of people around the world in Earth hour earth hour is turning off your lights for one hour in a symbolic action to draw attention to climate change a global event which will start in Christchurch, new zealand span more than 30 cities and finish in san francisco california this global power down the largest voluntary action of its kind in history will send a powerful message about the need to find a solution in the greatest threat our planet has ever faced more te details on Earth Hour can be found online, of course, at dub3.earthhour.org. Last year, I think last year was the first year they did Earth Hour, and over 2 million households and businesses signed up to turn off their, not just their lights, but some people. I know of somebody who tomorrow is going to have an all-night party using no electricity. Well, eventually they might turn on electricity, of course, but they're inviting people to bring musical instruments and um, candles and whatever. So you, too, can have fun 
by turning off the power. And then Tuesday, April 1st, is Fossil Fuels Day Action. The Student Environmental Center is sponsoring a bike ride around campus to expose the foolishness behind the expansion of the fossil fuel industry in the face of global climate change. They're calling this Riding Dirty, and um, because it is April 1st, and it's, well, April Fool's Day, but it's also Fossil Fuels Day. So the message is, the greatest joke is the idea of clean coal. The ride begins at the main entrance of the Student Center at 5 p.m. And um, also speaking about bike rides, I don't know if you're aware, but the last Friday of every month in this here town and across, across the world, there is something called critical mass. And that is where a lot of people jump on bicycles and ride, 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 ride. So today is critical mass. And then the people who don't get their mass on today are going to also ride next Tuesday for Fossil Fuels Day. And both of these events start at 5 p.m. at the entrance to the Student Center. listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. I'm Ord Energy Mon, and trying to think of the stuff I've been doing. I've been doing so much stuff I can't keep track of my own self. All right, one more happening. This is just in case I don't remember to announce it next week. On Saturday, April 5th, a gardening class will be held to teach the basic principles of biointensive growing in concise, easy-to-understand terms accessible to even a beginning backyard gardener. Um, there's actually a very detailed article in the current issue of the Carbondale Times. The class will run um, Saturday, April 5th from 8.30 to 4.30 p.m. at the Hickory Lodge Park Community Garden. Did you know that there's a very nice big community garden behind Hickory Lodge? A lot of different people in the community. Um, now, part of this class is to grow a bunch of vegetables to be given to the Good Samaritan Food Pantry. The goal is to grow more than a 1,000 pounds of fresh beans, peas, tomatoes, carrots, and more over a 20-week session. By growing food for others, the workshop also hopes to draw more attention to poverty issues faced by far too many Southern Illinoisans. For more information on the biointensive gardening, contact D Dana Carner at Dana at EatSouthernIllinois.com or 319-0542. That sounds interesting. Hmm. Yeah, let me know how it goes. So, if you would like your happenings to get on your community radio, this is your community spirit. Send it to info at yourcommunityspirit.org and also send it to treesong at treesong.org because we want to make sure it gets to both of us. All right, we're going to get to the news here in a minute. 
Let's see if I can get the music to work. How are you enjoying the cold weather? Uh, it's a little chilly. I actually, I was in a hurry, so I didn't wear my gloves, and my hands were cold. Cold. They were freezing yeah. to the handlebars. I said my new tagline is, climate change is schizo weather. <laughs> yeah. Can't decide what it wants to do. Yeah, my my uh, term that I used for it was bipolar weather. <laughs> there you go, yeah. So, All right. The top story is an offer we can't refuse. Well, it's not refuse, it's refuge. <laughs> Proposed land swap would allow drilling in the Alaska Wildlife Refuge. <laughs> the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is considering a land swap with a native-owned energy company that would open up about 200,000 acres of Yukon Flats National Wildlife Refuge in eastern Alaska to oil and gas drilling. Under the pending deal, the energy company would trade about 150 acres of its nearby land for 110,000 acres of what it believes is more oil and gas rich land now within the refuge. The deal also would give the company mineral rights to additional 97 blah 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 blah. I don't even want to keep reading it. <laughs> Though we like to have an executive order out of the administration before they leave office, says Alaska Rep- Representative Dan Young, an advocate for the swap. Environmentalists and many locals oppose the deal, arguing, arguing drilling would damage sensitive lands and habitat. I th- I mean, didn't they get like well over a half a million comments th- against this <laughs> when they proposed to do it originally? Yeah, well, as, uh, as Cheney would say, so. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the source, Reuters, the Wilderness Society, and the Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility. <laughs> that's a good, that's a group there. Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility. Yeah, and that spells out peer for those of you not seeing it in print in front of you. Yeah, peer. Okay. I didn't yeah. even catch that one. <clears throat> so, in other news, uh, this is reminiscent of the Smokey Bear campaign. <clears throat> Only you can prevent climate change. Only you can prevent climate change. Gore Group will launch Climate Marketing Campaign. Al Gore's Alliance for Climate Protection plans to spend more than $300 million over the next three years on a marketing campaign aimed at getting Americans to address climate change. With ads developed by the Martin Agency, the folks behind the Geico Caveman and the Chetty Gecko for Geico, 
And with partnerships with grassroots groups, the campaign focus will be on the how-to aspects of cutting greenhouse gases. Quote, Right now, we have incredible numbers of people in the U.S. who say global warming is an important problem that needs to be fixed, says Mike Hughes of the Martin Agency. Quote, But most people think there's nothing they can do about it, or that someone should do something about it, but that someone isn't them. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of people we know, yeah. a lot of people we've met. <laughs> uh, the Alliance also hopes to persuade consumer, produ- consumer product manufacturers to use packaging and advertising to amplify the message about curbing global warming. Says Alliance CEO uh, Kathy Zoy, quote, We have to mainstream this. It has to become easy and normal. Straight to the source, USA Today and Plenty Magazine. I actually have a meeting with her t- on Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, so you're meeting with the movers and the shakers. Well, yeah. I'm. We have the the climate projects um, r- regional reunion here in Chicago. So, yeah. And she's going to do a presentation at the conference to tell us about. Well, if you think about it, there's there's like advertising executives for pretty much everything. Yeah. Every product there is, there's somebody talking about it. But there's nobody really out there, like, hyping up the earth, <laughs> how good the earth is, what it's doing. There's a lot of people working for specific little different projects, but nobody's saying, you know, how good the earth is as a whole. Yeah. And so I think, you know, that's what this marketing campaign is going to do. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. So. <clears throat> yep, it sounds like a lot of people we know. So, and actually, I mean, a lot of a lot of people we know might consider global warming a big issue, but it's actually not on the top ten issues in the U.S. or on any political radar. <laughs> it's not even on the top ten. Yeah. So uh, we need to work on that. Yeah, even yeah. though it is affecting more people than well, terrorism, what whatever else is on the top ten. Yeah. <laughs> so. American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uncommon energy-saving device bring zero energy within reach. Did you know you could have a zero-energy home? Yes. This is a new trend. Everyone knows an Energy Star-rated appliance will save a lot of money on gas or electric bill. A highly insulated house will use less energy to heat and cool. And sealing air leaks will go a long way toward keeping expensive conditioned air inside the house. But once a homeowner has taken all the basic steps towards energy efficiency and conservation, well, what's next? Here are a few devices that will tweak a home's energy performance based on climate and the homeowner's needs. Owning a zero-energy home doesn't have to be a pipe dream. Tubular Skylight Tubular Skylight can brighten up to 300 square feet of room with a soft, natural light gathered... um, I don't know, I mean... I was in someone's house about three weeks ago that had one of these tubular skylights in their bathroom. Mm-hmm. And when I went to leave, I went to turn the light off. <laughs> yeah. Because it was the, the room was lit up. And, it, you know, it had no windows. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there was a skylight there, but I still, like, unconsciously went over to flip the switch off. Yeah, they have little round skylights uh, at the co-op. And I notice the difference when it's sunny versus when it's not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> And if you couple it with, um, in commercial space, they have something called daylight harvesting, 
which basically the light dims if there's enough natural light coming in. Yeah. You can save a lot, a lot of energy. Totally tubular. Totally tubular. <laughs> so that's uh, one of the number one products that, yeah, natural light is definitely one of the most important things, I think. I mean, it makes no sense that we're sitting inside and all the lights are on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So let's see. In uh, other news, USPS, free recycling through the mail. Uh, the U.S. Postal Service starts service in 1,500 post offices. Uh, free and green. Those are the goals of a pilot program launched uh, this week by the U.S. Postal Service that allows customers to recycle small electronics and inkjet cartridges by mailing them free of charge. The mail-back program helps consumers make more environmentally friendly choices, make it easier for customers to discard used or obsolete small electronics in an environmentally responsible way. Customers use free envelopes found in 1,500 post offices to mail back inkjet cartridges, PDAs, Blackberries, digital cameras, iPods, and MP3 players. All of that without having to pay for the postage. The postage is paid for by Clover Technologies Group, which is a na nat nationally recognized company that recycles, remanufactures, and remarkets inkjet cartridges, laser cartridges, and small electronics. So that's pretty, pretty exciting. You uh, get to mail back electronics and such for free. And you can get more information on that on the uh, U.S. Postal Service website at www.usps.com slash communications slash newsroom slash welcome.htm. And my dad used to work for the post office back when he was still with us. So. Maybe he planted the seed. He might have. He, it, his spirit might be there still, yeah. you know, working for good things. Yeah. I know when he did work there, all his, his co-workers said that you know how there's a stereotype that postal workers go postal? They said that he was the one who helped prevent the other ones from going postal. Because <laughs> he did his job right and all that. <laughs> Sorry. So, spirit of change over at the uh, post office with recycling. Have you been listening to the show on our station here called The Composters? Oh, I, I think the time's bad for me. I've heard about it, but I haven't caught it yet. We need to teach him how to podcast like we do. Yeah. I met someone who actually walked up to me and said... Like, they just did a search on the internet for WDBX, yeah. and, like, ours showed up, and so he's, like, subscribed to it now, and he huh. loves it. He's like, cool. he listens to our show online, and he's like, I love it that I can listen to whatever I want. I'm like, someone listens to me whenever they want? No. <laughs> uh -huh. But it's cool. It's cool. So mm -hmm. the reason why I said The Composters, which is a really cool show, Urban Decay, Boston looks to generate electricity from indoor composting. The city of Boston is looking to build an urban, indoor composting facility. Most cities, if they compost at all, transport food and yard waste and gas-guzzling trucks to dumps outside the city limits where energy and methane from decomposing biomass get lost in the atmosphere. The first-of-its-kind proposed Boston facility would generate electricity from rotting leaves and fruit and enough to potentially power 1,500 homes. The project would create green jobs, make fertilizer available to sell, and, of course, put all those colorful New England leaves to good use. Right, hey, they're good use normally. Huh. Yeah, it's like to put them to good use again. Yeah. The facility is still in planning stations, but the, but the mayor is optimistic, proclaiming, quote, 
we're going to turn Beantown into Greentown. <laughs> That's a slogan. Beantown like, into Greentown. Because they're going to tap the gas yeah. from all those beans. <laughs> Beantown into Greentown. Straight to the source, NPR, and the Boston Globe. Oh, that's music Did I say Boston ears. right? Boston Globe. Boston. See, you're better at it. <laughs> that's uh, music to my ears? Yes. The musical fruit. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Composting and making gas. Yes. I like the compost. Oh, we've got time for some more news. Uh, Amy Winehouse wanted to open Sustainable Dance Club. Uh, I like the thought of sustainable dancing and the thought of you know ecologically sustainable dancing well we have like usually like serious news i thought we should throw in a little um i don't know what is it pop culture yeah pop culture and now your green pop culture from your community spirit (laughs) and if i can't dance i don't want to be part of your revolution (laughs) so now part of our revolution that involves dancing We've talked about this dance club before. Yes, we've talked about it before. It's, I mean, literally the idea that you jump up and down and the floor makes electricity. <laughs> and so, I guess they're opening with a bang. Yes. British tabloids are abuzz with news that Amy Winehouse has been invited to open a new Rotterdam dance club in September for the tidy sum of 350,000 British pounds. Now, that's $700,000. <whistles> oh, that's, that's... That's a good... That's a... That's a that's a dance club. Yeah, uh, I, I would have done it for six hundred thousand. <laughs> it's like I would have done it for fifty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I I opened at a sustainable dance club. Do 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 do. The club to be called what? What what? What? W a t t. W a t t. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's a good name for it. The club is trying to to be a green model of a big old Rotterdam dance and band venue called Nighttown. The backers of Watt have been pretty reticent about the exact details of how sustainable their dance club will actually be, instead letting the media rumors run rampant. But they have promised on the website an energy-absorbing dance floor that will use the heat and motion of the gyrating masses to power LED lights, that the club's toilets will use rainwater for flushing, and that the different bars in the 2,000-capacity club will strive for zero waste. Uh, Watt owner Arian... Telemann has said that Winehouse opening the club on September 4th is all but sure. Though Winehouse has a bit of a history of gig no-shows. Now you can get more information on this club at www.watt-rotterdam.nl And it has an awesome slideshow on it, but the actual website is all in Deutsch. Is it Deutsch? Um, no, it's... I always uh, mix them up. Because Deutsch is German, uh... Hollandicean. Yeah. <laughs> In Holland speak. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. All right. Our final question. Is slow food a contradiction? Bryce Sterling writes an editorial on what he calls, quote, the ultimate irony that the slow food movement is now, quote, a global movement to combat, combat globalism. Uh-huh. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Ever the cyberpunk, Sterling characterizes slow food as the revolutionary anti-McDonald's, a collection of underground networks gone viral, each taught to infiltrate farms, groceries, heritage, tourism, restaurants, commercial, hotel chains, catering companies, product promotion, journalism, and government. And the end result? The commodity... I can't... I was on a roll there for a minute. (laughs) 
where am I? The commodification. There you mm-hmm. go. The commodification of the movement's ideals for the consumption of the world's rich and elite. It is with this point that he's trying to ruffle a few feathers. The Slow Food USA blog already has a scathing condemnation of Sterling's analysis, calling him out for just about everything he says that's a perceived shot at Slow Food International. Without digging too deeply into the details of the point-counterpoint revolution, it does raise an interesting point. Is it wrong for a movement predicted on celebrating the best of local and locale to end up being an international force? (laughs) I leave you with that thought. Remember, food for thought. Food for thought. We'll see you again next week.